Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Five, four, three, two, one. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. It's Bears Nation, baby. I feel like if I grew over the years, got better. I mean, that's that's really, you know, my main goal was just to get better. Jones, the block at the left tackle. Time for fields. Now we are accelerating at the first down of right tackles, and he's up for the races. Oh, he got a terrific block down there by Moody. He's in for six. 61-yard touchdown run. Fields breaks the tackle. Fields on the scramble. Fields in for the touchdown. Are you kidding me? Justin it's so fun watching him. Everything I heard about Justin Fields is true. Fields to it, and there's room to run for Fields. Oh, Fields, baby. Turn it on the speed. Trying to outrace Okuda. And he'll beat him to the goal line for the touchdown. Who's little one and who's big one now? He's magnificent out there. I'm not going to lie. Superman does it again. But when I say he is a real true highlight film, He's a highlight film. Again, just trying to focus on, you know, uh, getting better as a player, getting better, better as a quarterback, and getting better as a team. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. Powered by, powered by, powered by Bet, Bet, Bet Stamp. With your hosts, Kevin Lapka, Kellen Garenstein, and Jake Hassan. See you in the Super Bowl. Strap it in. It's Bears Nation, baby. Welcome in Bears Nation podcast. It is Monday, January 9th, and I have long said that if you can do a reaction pod for a very specific NFL franchise during the national championship of the college football playoffs, you gotta do it. So here we are, myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapka. This is Bears Nation podcast, and this is a celebration, goddammit. This is a celebration pod because we're number one. The Chicago Bears are your owners of the 2023 number one overall pick in the NFL draft, goddammit. I'll say it again. Your Chicago Bears, mine, Kevin's, yours, you listening, you watching, your Bears are the owners of the 2023 number one overall pick. Couldn't be more excited. I told Kevin Lapka from day one that this was a possibility, that this was the goal. Instead of winning eight games and being in the hunt, you get that top pick nah. and you transform your franchise. The Chicago Bears now primed to own the offseason and go into 2023 season with a full head of steam and with a completely revamped team. So I say once again, this is Bears Nation Podcast. Kevin Lapka, how are we doing? 
We're doing good, Jake. You know, I didn't believe it. I didn't think it was possible. You know, one of the main reasons why I wasn't aboard the tank train was I didn't think it was possible. And they pulled it off. Unbelievable. I know it's going to seem like I'm switching up here because I am just as excited as you are, as excited as everyone is, because this is unprecedented territory. We'll get into it. This is something that we may have never even seen in the NFL before. The situation that the Bears are in, this is incredible and i think we're going to even get later in the episode to the point where that you know we talked earlier right about is that difference between number two and number one that significant i think it might be and that two-point conversion that the texans converted on sunday (laughs) in five years could be significant maybe not just for them but for us right so we'll see man but i am elated it felt like this is this crazy. It almost felt like comparable to like a playoff win last night. Yeah, like, I would like that's an insane thing to say. I mean, but, I, I live in a house full of Bears fans. It was pandemonium. Like, we were watching that game. You yes, know, the Texans yes. have fourth and 20, and we're sitting there in the living room. We're like, we're dead. You're dead. It's all right. You get number two. Yeah, I mean, you're still happy about number two overall. It's still a really good pick. But, you know, after being right there for number one, you're like, all right, you're dead. Davis Mills is running around for his life. You're like, this absolutely ends in just some kind of disaster play for the Texans. And then they get a touchdown. And then Lovey Smith, the most conservative head coach possibly of all time, gives the biggest middle finger to the organization that, I mean, at this rate, I'm left to assume he knew he was getting fired regardless. Oh, absolutely. So he said, screw you, and went out on his own terms because that's what Lovey Smith does. He plays to win. Lovey Smith isn't losing no game, especially if he's not going to be the coach next year anyway. So Lovey Smith goes out into the sunset with a win in the NFL. Who knows if he'll be back? He probably will at some capacity. I don't know. Uh, but regardless, uh, just gets the two-point conversion and just hands hands the Bears uh, the number one overall pick as the Colts' literal Hail Mary attempt at the end of the game falls short. The Colts lose. The Texans win. The Bears get the number one overall pick. And now, I mean, the most likely scenario, I was on the show last week. Uh, when we did the show and I said, well, you have to look at the lions with the sixth overall pick from the Rams and their own pick, which I believe is 18. You have to look at maybe the Seahawks, um, you know, but you, you want two first round picks ideally. And you, now you look at the Texans mm-hmm. sitting there with number two overall and number 12 overall, otherwise known as Will Anderson and Jackson Smith and Jigba yeah. like that. That's basically what you're looking at. And the number one overall pick has not been traded in a very long time. Every time, though, it is a significant haul. Um, We talked about, I think we talked about it on the show, the Jared Goff haul Mm -hmm. that um, the Rams obviously used to trade up with Tennessee, and they took Goff number one overall. The ideal scenario is for Houston to say, all right, shit, you know, panic mode time. We need this pick. This was our pick. We'll give you Seattle's pick, or yeah, no, Cleveland's pick, excuse me. We'll give you Cleveland's pick that we got in the Deshaun Watson trade, which is number 12 overall, and we'll give you two. You move a spot, we'll give you that, we'll give you that, and we'll give you, I I mean, I doubt you'd get a 2024 first rounder, but we'll give you a 2024 third and fourth, something like that, something comparable. The Mm -hmm. biggest assets, of course, being the number two overall and the number 12 overall, because even at number two, you could trade down again. You could trade down. Let's say the Lions really, really love. Let's say Ryan goes number one. Let's say the Texans, they give you two and 12, most notably. And you could get into the other mid round stuff later, but two and 12, most notably. Then they take Bryce Young. Let's say that phone rings again. It's the Detroit Lions. And I know people are going to say, like, oh, well, should you give them that pick? Blah, blah, blah. Fine. Let's say it's the Seahawks. 
and the Seahawks want to move with you because they have that Denver pick. And let's say the Seahawks say, all right, we want to give you number five. And, you know, maybe they want to give you 20 as well because they want the rights to draft C.J. Stroud because let's say they really love C.J. Stroud and they don't want to miss out on these quarterbacks because, you know, they want to sign Geno Smith for maybe one more year. But he's 30. He's obviously not going to win you a Super Bowl. Um, as everyone would tell you today, because we're all pissed that the Detroit Lions aren't in the playoffs and the Seahawks are. So, you know, you have trade down options there too to go down even farther. You know, if the Seahawks call you with the opportunity to go to five and, and maybe you miss out on Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, but you still get someone really, really good, whether that's Paris Campbell, Pete Skoronsky, uh, the edge rusher from Clemson, Murphy, like, mm-hmm. and then you get a receiver. And then like, it's, it's going to be a lot of options. It's going to be a very fun off season of trying to dissect and try to do all these scenarios of how do the bears maximize this opportunity to get the most value out of, you know, their, their position and where they're at. Maybe they just hold it and take Will Anderson. I don't no. know, but I mean, I think you're going to have some desperate teams calling for that number one overall pick. Cause they really want Bryce. Young. You absolutely will. And, and before we even get into that, I, I do want people to understand that there's been a lot of people saying, well, this was the plan all along. This was not the plan all along. The plan was to tank, but it was never the plan to get number one overall. I think people need to understand just how much of a miracle this is. Well, it required- I mean, you could call, call it the plan. Like, sure. You, you, you hope for the number one overall. Like, you hope it goes that well. Right. But yeah, right. You, you hope you, the tank goes that say, well. You can't say, all right, we're definitely getting number one overall. Yeah, but to get that pick and have your quarterback play the way he played, and have this right. much optimism about the team as the technically worst team in the NFL is mm-hmm. unbelievable. I mean, it took a one in seven record in one score games, right? It took selling off your two best defensive assets. Uh, it took a ton of injuries that I think kind of went under the radar since we've been yeah. so bad, but you kind of look back at it. Those, those are significant. You might win more games if you're healthy. Sure. And it took the third most difficult strength of schedule. Jake, they went into this year supposed to, they were supposed to have the fourth easiest strength of schedule. And then they play the NFC East, and the NFC East just turns out to be like the greatest division in NFL history this year. And you end up with the third most difficult strength of schedule. So everything played into the Bears' favor. And I think Poles might have recognized that at the right time and then traded Roquan and traded Robert Quinn because he realized that the remaining strength of schedule at that point was difficult, that things weren't going their way, and Fields was still looking good, that it was a reality where they could be optimistic about the future and get the number one overall pick. But yeah, let's get into the possibilities here because I say this, the good thing about having number one is I do think Ryan Poles should trade down and I'm going to be very upset if he doesn't. But at the same time, it's not a failure if he doesn't. Like the franchise isn't in peril if he doesn't, right? Because yes, you could put yourself into a very good position if you trade down and that's exactly what should happen. But if he doesn't do it for whatever reason, you still end up with the franchise altering player in Will Anderson. Like you can't go wrong. Or Jalen Carter, Carter, right? You you know, take your pick. It is impossible to fuck this up. It is impossible to, to mess it up. I mean, you can mess up free agency by, you know, paying money to the wrong guys and you can mess up the draft further down by picking wrong players in rounds two, three, four, five, six. But as far as what you can do in the first round, you are in a win-win situation. There's no scenario where you lose. One option might be better than the other, that being the trade down. But if they don't do that, you end up with a franchise-altering player you believe regardless. So it's a, And if you were at number two, you'd probably say the same thing. So that's why if you talk about the difference between two and one, 
you got to move down. That is, if I were, if the draft were tomorrow, you're doing that, and I think you're doing it with the Texans. I mean, they fired Lovey Smith, I think, because of that, or because of the two-point conversion. It might have been the plan all along, but that was a nail in the coffin, as you mentioned. I think that Bryce Young is probably their guy. He should be their guy. I think the gap between him and CJ Stroud is big enough for him to be their guy. And if you do get two and 12, yeah, you're in business to make some serious noise and keep trading down and keep doing. I mean, they could trade down two to maybe even three times. Like the possibilities are endless, like literally endless. So uh, it's, it's amazing. But yeah, trading with the Texans, when you just threw that out there, I had seen it a couple times before. I mean, that's got to be the most optimal, right? I mean, to get yeah. to get more picks, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter and a player of your choosing at number 12, probably Quinton Johnson or Jack Smith and Jigba. Yep. Unbelievable, unprecedented. I've well, never seen anything two, like it. Houston also has another first rounder from Cleveland next year as well, which they'll have a full year of Deshaun Watson. They'll probably not be as, it won't be as high as 12, but it'll still be an extra first round pick that you can then use if you're assuming that you're going to be better and in the playoff hunt or if in the playoffs and you're going to be in the you know 20s somewhere as well, you could then use that to move up next year as well. And Houston, they're going to be bad. I mean, they're going to be absolutely terrible again, but they yeah. don't have to give up their own first rounder. They might say, all right, you know what? Three first round picks, done. We'll give you this year and both that we have this year, and we'll give you Cleveland's next year. I, I would do that in a heartbeat. I think that's a really good haul for you. As you should. And could you imagine, like, again, I talk about the impact of this five years from now, a two-point conversion worth three first-round picks. Like, that's essentially yeah. what this is going yeah. to come down to. A two-point conversion worth three, worth three first-round picks. But I think that's fair. I mean, you look at the return from the Jared Goff trade. I'll pull it up in a second. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Uh, Jake Research and Analytics team here for Bears Nation Podcast is going to do it for me. I believe there were three first-round picks involved in that trade in the was. Jared Goff trade in 2016. I can't remember exactly which ones it it was in the terms and conditions of it, but it's not outrageous. It's not outrageous because, again, you hold all the leverage. You hold all the leverage in the world because you can tell the Texans, hey, I'm getting calls from Seattle. I'm getting calls from Detroit. I'm getting calls from, you know, uh, Denver maybe. I, I don't think – not Denver. They're, they're no, really, I, Russell Wilson actually looked like himself yeah, once. He did. It was Indianapolis, right? And you could say, hey, these guys are willing to offer me this – and they're three. So if you really want Bryce Young, I'm sorry, you got to pay more than them. Although you're right, just ready? one slot below. Yeah. What's the return so, from Jared Goff trade? So the, uh, the Rams flipped from 15 to one. So right. Tennessee got. Oh, the Rams so okay. That's in 2016. Oh, wait, that's won. a huge freaking jump. 15 yeah. to one. Yes. Okay. So, so, so say it again. Tennessee received the Rams first round pick that year, which was number 15, two second round picks that, that year's draft in the following year, a third round pick. Person, another third round pick. So that's one, three, two, three, four, five, six picks. Now, here's a thing to consider as well. So that was two first round picks. Right. Uh, that was two first round picks, two second right. round picks, and then two third round picks. So six picks total. Here's the thing with that mm-hmm. too. This was the draft where Jared Goff and Carson Wentz were the two top quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are better regarded than both of those with a bullet. Like it, it, it's not close. Like think about it this way. Correct. Jared Goff and Carson Wentz came from Bryce Young and Ohio State. Both have been to the college playoff. Like it's you know Bryce Young Good played point. for a college playoff championship last. Year. So a bit higher of a jump. So you're not jumping from 15 to one. 
jumping from you know two to one, essentially in this hypothetical situation. But the gap in those quarterbacks is much bigger too. You're you're trading for a different type of quarterback as well. Like you're trading for guys that are much better mm-hmm. than you know the two that were available in 2016. So in your mind, does that almost make it even then? Like as far as return comparable. that you could get, I think okay. it's definitely comparable. I think you, you could even demand more, possibly too. You could. I mean, if there's someone sitting out there that really thinks Bryce Young is a generational prospect, right? And I don't think anyone thinks that. I don't know. You know, he. It's the Texans. It's yeah, yeah, it's the Texans. They're gonna they're gonna mess up. But if he were if he were six if he were Justin's size, yeah, he'd be a generational prospect, right? But he the size is gonna scare a lot of people away. I promise you, it will. And there's gonna be and I there will be discussion. There will be discussion further on about C.J. Stroud, I, I think, and how big that gap is. I think Bryce Young is going to be selected first, but there will be discussion because the size thing was super real when it came to Kyler Murray back in 2018. Sure. I remember talking about it for, during draft season for months, and then people were just like, well, you got to bank on the talent. I think the same thing is going to go for Bryce Young, but you're right. These quarterbacks are significant enough, and they've done enough in college to where I do think a team is going to be willing to pay extra for that because of their track record. Uh, and, you know... The, the thing, you talk about trading down twice, then you better hope that Will Levis' stock goes up as well. I mean, sure. we all believe that Will Levis is going to have the same exact draft journey as Zach Wilson, right? He's going to do something stupid in pro day. People are going to get caught <laughs> up with the, uh, you, you know, with the size. Well, it's already and starting. I mean, it's already you got, starting. You got, uh, who is it? Kuiper or McShay? One of them two. Oh, out God. here saying that he's the number one overall prospect. Hey, that's fine. You know, let us tell... That's fine. Thanks, Kuyper and McShay, because, yeah, if, sure, again, 100%. if you trade down, then you might get a team, like, in the middle rounds, right, who, say, Tennessee, maybe. I don't Tennessee, right? Sure. Carolina, who, who's at nine, who's like, you know what? So, say you trade down one to two, right? And then, say, uh, Seattle jumps Indianapolis. They want to trade with you at two. And then you get, uh, you get five. And then Carolina comes calling and says, hey, Will Levis, you know, we got to get him now. And then they jump up to five and you still get nine. You could still get like a a million first round picks and a very impactful player for your team. It won't be Jalen Carter or Will Anderson at that point, but you're getting a Jackson Smith and Jigba or or a Miles Murphy or something, somebody really good, a top 10 pick after times. Like the possibilities are endless there and it gets better and easier if there are more quarterbacks that people are super enticed about. And and honestly, like, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point uh, Anthony Richardson, why is that his name? Why am I blanking on his name? Yeah, Anthony that is Richardson. his name, right? Yeah. Anthony, if, if, if someone falls I mean, it's in love. It's not Brandon Peterman. But. It's not Brandon Peterman. <laughs> if he runs like a 4-3 at the combine because he's people super athletic. Physical yeah, yeah, people are going to say Lamar Jackson. Boom, we're going to move up for him, right? So uh, it's possible. The, the thing is, so let, let's just get into it right now, okay? Because we haven't addressed it, and there's there's been a lot of conversation and, and we're about 16 it. 16 minutes into it. Brad Spielberger said it on your show today, uh, on You Better You Bet, and I, I saw, or not You Bet, it was Beck Hill Daily uh, with Joe O and uh, the Joe G and Aaron, and I heard it on Twitter. What are your thoughts on them even considering taking a quarterback? Do you think it's even worth the consideration? Do you think it's worth your mental space? To even think about it if you're Ryan Poles, because I don't think it is, but I feel like I'm now in the minority in this that you shouldn't even consider it. So over the last couple of days, I've definitely seen more. I've seen it become more, I don't want to say popular, but like more people have said it than I originally had thought. Like a week ago, you know, there was like one stray person here or there. It's definitely become more, let's call it mainstream. It's, it's become more of a mainstream thought in the last couple of days for sure. And 
really in the last 24 hours. Um, here's the difference. I, I read a couple of the reaction pieces on The Athletic this morning. You know, Kevin Fishbane, Adam Johns, mm-hmm. John Greenberg, and every single one of them said, you have your quarterback. You have the guy. You don't, you're not picking a quarterback. Now, these are guys who are there at, you know, in the locker room every single day. They measure the vibes. They measure you know, the team chemistry, how everyone's feeling about Justin Fields. And even the guys on the roster. I mean, Dave Montgomery's cutting across Justin Fields' press conference, give him a hug. Justin uh, Jones is saying in his season nine press conference, like, yeah, we have, like, this is the dude. This is the franchise quarterback. I, you know, Brad Spielberger, very smart, very respected. I, I get, I get floating the notion out there from his standpoint, because I know PFF, they consider everything. They run the numbers. They run all the projections. I get where he's coming from. Um, I will say, I also think we need to consider that this is a leverage play by the Bears. Is it though? It could. What could leverage not? do you really gain? I, I th- what leverage do you really gain? Yet. I don't think it, it's. I don't think polls or Cunningham or anyone's making calls, being like, "We might take a quarterback." Yeah. I don't think that's happening yet. I think it would happen closer to draft day, if at all. But it could be smoke. It could just be, "Hey, let's try to you know boost, start this now, get this train rolling, boost the value of this pick, so people think, oh crap, might they take it? Like maybe we do need to trade for this pick because you know make the Texans sweat a little bit at two because the Texans could be sitting there." Feet kicked up. I mean, they have to find a GM and a coach first, but the Texans could be sitting there like, oh, well, they're not taking a quarterback anyway, so we'll just wait. If you start hearing these rumors, and maybe that's why you haven't heard Poles or Iberfus go, no, we love Justin. Like, this is the guy. We're not taking a quarterback. Like, you let those rumors permeate. You kind of let them, you know, marinate a little bit, and then the Texans start to sweat a little bit. The Seahawks mm. start to sweat a little bit. These teams below you start to go, Oh, maybe we should have taken it for granted. They're not taking a quarterback. Again, I don't think that would happen. It's been 24 hours, but I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's completely outlandish to think that this is a leverage play by the Bears. And I mean, good on them to not stomp it out right away either, because then that's, you're keeping your cards to your chest, as you should. This early on, keep the cards to the chest. I I am not of the belief that they'll take a quarterback. I, right. I, I'm not going to laugh in your face and say, haha, you're an idiot, but... I'm not going, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say, I don't think so. Based on everything that we've heard, based on everything from reporters, from the players, from the team, it seems like they love Justin. I think Justin said the right things. Also, he said, I don't really care about a rushing record. I'm a quarterback. I need to go and work on my passing this off season. I think he said the right things. I think he said, Oh yeah. If, if Ryan wants me to start recruiting, I'll start recruiting. But right now I'm just going to focus on myself. Cole Komet has been very vocal about his support for Justin Fields as a thrower. Uh, So I don't think they will. I think it's kind of silly to think that they will. I'm not worried about it. I think Justin Fields showed enough this season. Even And again, I've been saying this for weeks. Generally, every game you watch, there was at least one throw where you're like, holy shit. Like, the, like he just makes those plays. Like, I think, it's almost every drive. And, and it's I almost know, every drive. And I get why people are like, well, you know, the numbers, the numbers. numbers yeah, like, the numbers, Mason. What do they mean? Well, they mean that he had no line help. He had, I really thought you were going to laugh at that. That's disappointing. He had no receivers. And I mean, Cole Komet was the only guy that was there all year for him. Chase Claypool came, did nothing. I mean, it sucks, but if he performs next year, then fine, you'll deal with it. Darnell Mooney went down injured. And, you know, you, just the offensive line was bad. Like, I think we're really underselling how bad the pieces around him were. And yet Correct. he's still able to have games like the New England game. Games like the Green Bay game. I mean, the stretch against Miami and Detroit and New England and uh, 
Atlanta, where you scored 30-plus almost every game, to at least 29. I think that's more indicative than anything. Another year with Luke Getze as well, because I don't think Luke Getze is going to get hired in this cycle. I think he needs at least another yeah. year before he's considered. But regardless, my point being, I think Justin Fields is the guy. I think they are committed to Justin Fields. I think anything we hear about a potential move of on from Justin Fields is smoke and mirrors and not something that's actually, you know, valid, something worth worrying about. I just don't think you gain an advantage from it, from, from, from even, even the smoke and the mirrors, right? Because like these NFL, some, some NFL gyms are stupid, but I don't think they're stupid enough to really believe that the bears would take a quarterback. I mean, come on. Even even if, even but Kevin, the thing is like, they don't have to sit there and be like, Oh my God, like we need like call them right now. It could just be like, even if you plant that seed in the back of their mind, Make them sweat a little bit. Make them a. Li- if you make another opposing GM a little bit uncomfortable, then you that mission accomplished. You're I, th- like, I think it think, can be accomplished regardless, think- though. I don't think it matters because the, 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 it's not about the Bears. It's about the Texans, right? That's what it's about. Like sure. these teams and need the Texans to- are a terribly run franchise. Yeah. So, so like, what do you? They're a team that would bite on that. They no, no, no. I, I'm saying, I'm saying these teams behind the Texans need to be more worried about who the Texans are going to take and sweat about that, and then be like, oh, well, if the Texans are going right. to, you know, so, take so, Bryce okay, Young, so then we need here. to jump them. Domino. Not so, well, so like, domino effect. So you think, okay, even let, let's say you're the Seahawks, and you start thinking, okay, well, there's no way the Bears are taking a quarterback, but the Texans might believe this, and they're really stupid, and they might do something really dumb. So we got to get ahead of that. Like we got to ha- get ahead of this before the Texans do something really, really dumb and drive the price way up. So let's just do this now. Like it's a domino effect. Like it's all, all, Kevin, it shifted. What'd you say at the end there? You got cut off. No, I said it's, it's just all connected. Yeah, like you're I right. Said, like it's all like even like if the Seahawks say okay, we we don't want the Texans to do something really dumb. We got to get ahead of that train. Then it's all connected. Like that's it's a domino effect. I think part of it for me is this. Okay. Last year, there was a lot of discussion right at the beginning of uh, the hiring or or immediately after Eberflus and Poles were hired about, well, they didn't mention Fields by name in the press conference, right? And there was all this questioning about whether they were really all in on him. And then it was enforced by the moves that were made in the draft and free agency by really not putting great pieces around him. And there was a lot of question in the beginning of 2022 of whether this staff was really all in on him, right? And now he plays his ass off. Now he proves that he is, you know, worth your value, that he is, you know, the best quarterback to ever play for this franchise, all these different things, breaking all these records. Now is the time where I simply just want conviction. I want him to go, the press conference is tomorrow. So if you're listening to this after the press conference came out, I'm sorry. I want him to go to that press conference and say, Justin is our guy. The goal this offseason is going to be two things, to improve the team and to improve the team around the centerpiece of this franchise, Justin Fields, any possible way we can to put him in the best position possible. And no, that's not a self, that's not a selfish thing to say, right? That it's not, that's exactly what you should do. That's exactly what I want to see. I want conviction. I want to put all this to the side of, oh, these questions and these rumors. No, come out there and tell me that this is your guy. This is the guy who's going to be here for 10 years. We're going to do everything we can to build around him and win his Super Bowl with him. Because that's what you have to do. I mean, I I know there's going to be people listening to this who are still going to even ponder the idea of drafting a quarterback just because it's present to them. Like, I think people need to understand that, first of all, if they were to do that, it would be the most colossal tactical error in NFL history. 
like consensus around the league, around the entire world, the most colossal tactical error in NFL history if they were to draft quarterback. But the other thing is, if you say you are somebody who has the secret scouting report to Bryce Young and you think he's going to be the second coming of, I, I don't even know, uh, Patrick Holmes. Sure, let's say Patrick Holmes, right? At this moment, the, the probability that either of those guys, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, the probability of them being great is still lower than the probability of, uh, that Justin Fields would be great. People don't understand the risk that you are taking by taking a quarterback in the first round. And even at number one, I wrote down the list. All right, we're going to do a little math here of quarterbacks that were taken with the first overall pick since 2000. And we're going to we're going to do the math and we're going to see what percentage of them actually turned out to be worth that pick. All right. Starting 2001, Michael Vick, I would say yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe because he didn't actually play that long for that team. But sure. Yes. We'll say Michael Vick. Yes. David Carr. No. So we're one for two. Eli Manning. Yes. Two for three. Carson Palmer. No. Two for four. Alex Uh, Smith. No, come on. Don't make the case for Carson Palmer. Don't make the case. Okay. So don't make the case either way. Two and two so far. Yeah. Well, two two for four. Two for four. Right. So two and two. Yeah. Two and two. Uh, Alex Smith. No. So you're two for five on hits and misses. Right, I'm not putting out. Are you really going to argue, Alex Smith? Alex Smith, come on. He was originally, but but worth, right? Yeah, but worth a first round pick? No, first. Wait, no, no, no. Wait, was who was Alex Smith drafted? Yeah, Yeah, he was drafted by the Chiefs because Rodgers went eleven and Smith was one. Yeah, not worth a first round pick. A first round pick or number one overall? Or sorry, sorry, that is number one overall. He he was number one overall. Sorry, these are all guys number one overall. Should have been. I'm sorry. Yeah, so not worth it. All right, so we're uh, what are we? We're Two for five. Yeah, two for five. Jamarcus Russell, obviously not. One of the biggest busts in NFL history. Two for six. Matthew Stafford, yes. Three for six. Sam Bradford, hell no. Three for seven. Cam Newton, I mean, it's close, but because he went an MVP, we'll give it to him. So four for seven here. Uh, Or no, four for eight. Andrew Luck, yes. Five for nine. Jameis Winston, no, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. I think we're at five for 10 now. Uh, Jared Goff, no. Five for 11. Kyler Murray. Well, I don't because Goff took him to no. a Super Bowl. Yeah, Goff, but I no. Mean, but that offense with Sean McVay and the weapons that they had, I think I mean, they could have put Jimmy Goff G in there. Though. Yeah, but first overall pick? No. I mean, we're talking about, you know, this Fine. is the guy okay. who's supposed to be you. immediately I'll, a top 10 quarterback. You. Right. So I, I think we're 5 for 11 now. Kyler Murray, I'm not ready to say yes. Are you? Not, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been too injured. They haven't, yeah. Jury's out, but we'll, we'll, we'll say 5, five for, for 12. 12. Joe Burrow, 100%, 6 for 13. Trevor Lawrence, 100%. Uh, or not 100%, but I think we're gearing that. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'd call it a, a yes. Uh, I, think, I think we're at 7, seven for 15. Let's go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 7 for 15. Do the math. What's, the, what's, what's 7 divided by 15? 46? 40, like 44? That, that's, your ch- that's your chance. That's your percent chance that you're going to hit on a quarterback with first overall. That's and the chance that Justin Fields is going to be great, certainly more than that after what I saw this year. So that, like, that's all I need to know, right? I mean, for those who are still thinking about it, don't. Take it out of your mind. It's not going to happen. And I just want to see this conviction. I mean, wouldn't that be nice if you heard that tomorrow? I would still say that there might be an overall plan for, like, even if they don't say it, like, bang the table like that. Like, who's to say that they're not meeting with Justin tomorrow morning before this press conference? And they're telling him privately to his face hey you're the guy no matter what you hear no matter what is said this offseason no matter what you see what you hear what anyone else says you're our guy we're committed to you we're not drafting someone else like even if they don't say it to us doesn't mean they're not saying it to him 
I know, like, That's and true. I get it. We want to hear it, and it's nice to hear, and it's nice to have that public acknowledgement that the, that they're invested in him and that he's the guy. But it might not be. Like, this is the NFL draft is so much like based on like agents telling certain guys something else. <laughs> it's like certain teams telling certain yeah. guys. Something. I mean, look at what Levis and Kuiper like. What's happening with that? Like. That's happening because exclusively because Kuiper has a relationship with Levis. And so he's saying, yep, this guy's number one overall, trying to get him the most money possible. Like, that's what the NFL draft is. It's like so much bullshit that you just have to sift through for months. I mean, until April. So just because they don't go up there and bang the table for Justin Fields tomorrow, I'm not going to be like, oh, what the hell? They completely <laughs> sold him out. That's BS. I'm not going to get upset about it. Like, I, like, Tell me what your plan is. And you know what, Kevin? Honestly, what they do, like the signings and maybe trades that happen. Because remember, free agency is before the draft, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Free agency opens before the draft. So if they go out there and they sign Orlando Brown Jr. and or Mike That's McGlinchey. True. That's a great point. And, and Alan Lazard to be your four. To, let me make it clear. To be your sure, four. Fine. Then like, you know, guys like that. if they do stuff like that, then you're like, oh, well, they would invest all this in a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Off the bat like that. Then that's like no matter what said, oh, well, they're doing the moves to protect Justin Fields and make him better. Like then then that's indisputable evidence. 100%. You know, what do you think? You think they're going to sign Orlando Brown Jr. to protect Bryce Young on a rookie contract and take up all that money now while Orlando Brown Jr. is in the prime? Like or even. Even like, let's take it one step further. You think Orlando Brown Jr. is sitting down and being like, oh yeah, I'll commit to a rebuild with Bryce Young for, and you know, maybe not win anything for two, three years after I'm coming from Kansas City. Yeah, I'll sign up for that. Or Mike McGlinchey from San Francisco. Yeah, I'll, I'll sign up for three years to just, you know, dick around. That's not happening. They'll say, hey, we want you here to protect Justin Fields. If you think he's the guy, great. Let's make a deal. Good here point. we go. That like, This that, is a great point. Indicative. No, you're 100% right. So the thing we haven't really talked about is, uh, well, we talked about so many times, right? You, have, you, you lead the league in cap space. But what you're, what, the, what you're saying is this, okay? Your largest selling piece in free agency is Justin Fields, right? When you are talking about, get, or, 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 or trade selling piece, right? We've talked about all these wide receivers you could trade for. You know, uh, it's not really, I guess it's not the same as a trade because you have to convince you know, players to come for free agency with a trade. It's out, it's out of their hands. If you are going after OBJ or, sure, Alan Lazard or Shane M says Jake is spitting. You're right. He is spitting. Jake's on one right now. He's on one right now. Or Orlando Brown or even guys on the defense, right? Or, or anyone. You are selling it around. Hey, you, are, you want to come play for this team and we'll pay you top dollar because this team will be in this are in the playoffs for the next four years because of Justin Fields. We're building something here surrounding Justin Fields. If you are a player who's 28 years old, half the reason you're signing to a team is money. The other half is because you want to play for a winning team. What free agent would want to sign here and then say, and, and, and sign here in March, and then a month later get shafted by, hey, we're entering another rebuild because we're drafting a rookie quarterback? No one. So you're going to use Justin Fields as the largest selling piece in free agency so you're right like they can't turn away from that once that happens uh 100 percent a great point uh when you when you talk about that and again i said this in the beginning i don't think it's ever happened in nfl history where a team has had the number one overall pick 
has had a budding superstar at quarterback and leads the league in French in salary cap space. You have I to mean, th- that. I, I, it hasn't happened yeah. happened before. Would have been on Twitter. Yeah, we, it, yeah. we would have seen it on Twitter already if that were. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, he, they have full control over the offseason. And that's, it, 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 it's unbelievable. So, look, I just, you know, again, just don't even ponder the thought of drafting a quarterback. But you're right. And, and oh, here's the other thing I was going to say. Uh, it was, I forgot what it was. You know, these trades for these draft picks, they don't always happen on draft night. Like the trade for the 49ers, or the, the trade the 49ers made for Trade Lance, Happened March twenty sixth. I mean, free Was agency. It really that far? Ahead? Yeah, I just looked it up. With their March twenty sixth trade, the 49ers signaled that Garoppolo will not be the long term starter. They moved up to number three to select Trey Lance. Wow! Like free agency only opens what, like first week of March, second week of March. So this is happening a couple weeks after free agency. Like the like the if th- this could happen sooner than people think, right? Like wasn't, I don't think wasn't the thought always though. The the thing the difference was that was wasn't the thought always that. Because I mean, everyone thought they were going to take Mac Jones at three too. Uh, that Jimmy G was still going to stay for at least a year, and then they were going to go because they still had like a Super Bowl roster. Wasn't the thought always with that that they yeah. were going to keep Jimmy G as the starter for a year at least, and then yeah. transition to the rookie? But I, yes, I yes, you're right. You're right. But I, 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 I think again, it's just the idea that that still sure. happened at right. that point, Correct. right? And I don't, like, I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to say a majority of them happened on draft night, a majority of them happened before the draft. I, I can't tell you that. I don't have enough data. But these things do happen earlier than you think. So I would, if I were a Bears fan, I'd be saying, look, th- this is something that could happen, you know, bef- and, and for good measure. The earlier it happens, the earlier you, you, ha- you, you know what you can do with these picks that you then have. You can do more scouting. You can plan out your draft strategy better. So if, if honestly, like, you don't want to be in a situation where you get caught in the stress and the jumble of draft night where you do make that trade. Because it's a hard thing to, tr- to be on the phone and trade down, like, yeah. multiple times and still make the right, you know, choice at the draft because, you, you know, you have a big board, but you're trading down. You're not looking at the guys available, right? Like, it's just... You want this to be done ahead of time. Have your draft planned out, and if you have those picks already in in mid March, you can maybe even make a trade for a wide receiver before the draft, right? For one of these T Higgins, one of these, uh, you know, Devontae Adams or, or Mike Evans. So, well, then especially let's say if the idea with Houston that I floated, mm-hmm. that you get Cleveland's twenty twenty four. Like if you get one or if you get two and twelve this year from Houston, and then you get. Next year's Cleveland, like that's like an extra first round pick that you have at your disposal too. Exactly, or mid round picks, right? Yep. So, like, that's I don't know, Mike Evans is going to be a first round pick. So, say you get a third yeah. round or something on the trade. I was leaning, I was yeah, I know what you T. mean. Higgins specifically, yeah, yeah, T Higgins specifically. Um, yeah, uh, insane. I uh, there was one more thing I had. I also like. So, how much? What would you say the pressure rate is on Ryan Poles right now? Like, I said, this is a win win situation oh. because, like, you can't really go wrong with number one overall again Agreed. like there's a better option but if you do stay complacent and, and you're an idiot and you get will anderson like fine like whatever like that's a franchise altering player but i mean the bar for ryan poles has just been raised to the freaking ceiling like he has to get this right this opportunity is golden and he can't fuck it up what do you think the pressure is for him so i agree and disagree with what you're saying i i I agree with what you're saying. Like the bar has been raised, 
because you do like you do need to nail this and, and like you do need to play this right. I agree with you that if you sit Pat at one and you take Carter or Anderson, just to, like that's the safe move. Like that's probably the safe move if you don't get a deal you like or whatever. Like the the safe move, it's the not sexy pick. It's the it would be disappointing. Pick, but it would be yeah, disappointing. Right, right. It, it would be because you know. There's so many other needs on the roster that you definitely need as many draft picks and as many assets as possible. But it would still be, like you said, to your point, a defense-changing player, whether it is Anderson or Carter. But you're right. Has to nail it. I don't think... I think the bar has been raised, but I still think the pressure is minimal. Like, Hmm. because of the situation you're in where all things fail, you still just pick, pick a player at one. You still just pick one of those guys. Yeah. But... Because I think also, like, I don't know about you, I won't speak for you, but I have confidence that Poles will do this right. I have confidence that, like, based on the previous draft, his only draft, obviously, I have confidence that he can figure something out. Because also, like, like you said, at number one overall, and the, and the, the beauty about being on the clock already is these teams can call you tomorrow, tonight, and try to start, you know, feeling things out, feeling what the, you know, uh, you know, what the situation is. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't think there's a lot of pressure, but I do agree that the bar is raised. I wouldn't say it's at the ceiling, but it's definitely raised. I mean, I, I just think, like, again, this is an opportunity that every single GM would dream of. And, it, right. and, and, and like, here, here's the reality of it, Jake. GM dreams of having once and then succeeding and never being in that yes. position again. Correct. And, and, and this is why you say that, because... The Bears right now are in a they're in a unique position. This is unprecedented territory. This is the kind of thing, Jake, that literally creates dynasties. Like this is this is it a, a situation and a move that allows you to create a dynasty. Like I don't think people understand that having a franchise quarterback, the ability to accumulate so many picks, to have a roster that is under the age of twenty five for the next three years, presumably your Super Bowl window, right? Like. You are going to have a very young team. You already have a young team. You're going to have an even younger team. You are going to have more players who are young because you're going to collect more assets. You already have eight draft picks, and you're going to get more from trading down, right? He, who knows? Maybe he trades down in the mid-rounds, too. I mean, he did it last year in the yeah. late rounds, right? Like, And he found a Braxton Jones by doing that. A guy who, yeah, might not be the best, but he played every snap this year. The only player on the Bears I, played I wanna, every I snap. I want to talk about that really quick. Uh, just super fast. A couple minutes at most on this. What do you think about if you signed Orlando Brown Jr. to play left tackle, and instead of signing like McGlinchey, you just move Braxton Jones to right tackle? That's the optimal idea. I mean, that that's that's what you should do. I mean, talk about value. Like, I don't. I, I I'm getting fuzzy about Braxton's history at right tackle. Had he played it in college? I'm get. I, I, I know I'm Scott's in the chat can tell us. I don't remember. I cannot remember. I, I probably should remember that. Out. He, so which yeah, I, I mean, which in that case, then fine. Sign McGlinchey, stick Jones at left guard. Sure, like that's fine. Look, I, I just think again, you're right. Like left tackle is the most important position on that line, 100%. and you know, Orlando Brown Jr. is a juggernaut at that position. He's going to be the most coveted free agent in the class, and you can afford to probably put. So G Station says left tackle only. So he only played left tackle in college. I'm gonna need I'm Scox to, to get in here. This guy, he's the leader yeah, of the Braxton Jones Scox fan like club. Leading, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but yes, I that idea is 100 percent optimal. Again, this is a guy who's getting paid like under a million dollars a year. If that guy can be your starting 
right Great. tackle or starting whatever player on the line for the next three years? Uh, yeah. Instead of having to pay $14 million to Mike McGlinchey, 100% you'd rather do that. Sure. So. Okay. I just wanted to see, because that was something I was thinking about earlier today. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, polls in the draft. Yeah. I yeah. mean, obviously, dr- trading, drafting, trading down is the optimal solution here. Like, that is your go to get a haul, get as many picks as possible, and go from there. That's the optimal solution. Um, but, I mean, if you end up with Will Anderson, I like that, that guy's really good. So, well, you, but again, but I think the reason why, like, you're saying that, and, and again, this is why I, I I'm trying to reiterate. You know this. what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to temper expectations because I don't want to give my head. I don't want to be like, I yeah, know. Houston's going to give us two and 12 and Cleveland's 2024, and you're just going to get a haul and you're just going to fleece them. And because uh-huh. I'm trying to go back to my Bears roots of I need to expect disappointment so that I'm not just crushed on draft night. I need to expect this to just be Will Anderson and then move on. Like, I hope it's not. I hope I hope they do swing a trade. I hope they swing a trade and they get two to three first round picks as well as a slew as mid of mid round picks as well. But I'm trying I'm trying to brace myself now for the disappointment. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong for doing that. But we also do have a sort. You kind of alluded to it. We we do have sort of a reason to believe that things are different now, sure. right? I have confidence in polls. You know, you, you have polls, and and I really hope Ian Cunningham stays. But he's already getting interviews with the Cardinals and the Titans, yeah. so it, it probably looks unlikely. And that guy's really good, and I think people around the league recognize that and respect it. Um, I don't remember where I was going with this. Now I completely lost it. Uh, what were we? What what, what was the the premise of this point, I completely forgot my point. We were about, just talking about draft like strategy and polls jumping uh, around in the mid rounds, and then we got to Braxton Jones. And I oh, here's what I was gonna say. Like again, the reason why I still say it's a win-win, but now the more I say it, the more I think it's not true because you're starting to doubt like, yourself. I'm starting to doubt myself. Like again, it's a disappointment. It is a disappointment if you don't trade, a hundred percent. But I was saying that yes, Will Anderson Jr. has the capability to be a franchise-altering player in the same way that Micah Parsons has been for the Cowboys. But then I look at the Cowboys and I'm like, the Cowboys aren't a dynasty. They're not they, in the they makings also did of just a have dynasty. The miss six sure. weeks and still lead the league in interceptions. So that's part of the problem as well. That is and part also, of the problem. Their coach is a huge doofus. He is a doofus, but he's not. He's a doofus, but he's, he's just not led them good. to. He's, he's probably not, not good. good. That team has enough talent to win they, twelve games. They have failed anyone, upwards probably. under McCarthy. I would agree. Um, but I think just the point is like. How many teams have had that franchise-altering edge rusher but have really gotten to the Super Bowl because of it? And I'm not saying, you know, one player is going to lead you to the Super Bowl outside of the quarterback position. It's not really how this league works. But if you want to talk about, again, the goal, I know I know for Bears fans, and this was the goal for Ryan Pace because I think he understood how desperate fans were. The goal is to just win the Super Bowl. And then never look back, right? Win the Super Bowl and the future is fucked, but we don't care because we won it once, right? Rams. I don't think, I, I, I Rams, and, and look how that's turning out for them. Great fucking example. Look how that's turning out for them. I think Ryan pulls, and, and, and exactly what, what did the Rams do exactly? Mortgage all of their assets, <laughs> all of their money to win it once. And now that is a team that is going to be so bad for the next four years that your superstar head coach is willing to walk away from the team because he doesn't want to deal with it. That's how bad they messed it up by mortgaging everything. I think Ryan Poles has this identity that 
we are going to build this from the ground up. We are going to build something sustainable. So, hey, we may not win it tomorrow, but when we win it in 2024, we are going to be in contention to win it from 2024 to 2028 because we have younger players. We have, you know, you know, speed guys, guys who stay healthy, right? All these things, the hits principle, you know, all these different things. Right. I think they have Which the right strategy. The point and is also, though, you need a lot of things to go right. And Jay in the chat says we sound like talk radio. Boy, you must not listen to talk radio. That's all I got to say to you, Jay. Uh, also, you must not listen to Jay, talk radio. Jay was complaining about Jalen Carter saying he's not a first-round pick, too. So That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, see you out Jones there. Jackson, Braxton Jones played 17 games. And was We're also objectively solid as a fifth-round rookie. Uh, so, great. See you out there, Jay. Um, Confirmation from I'm Scox that Braxton played strictly left tackle for Southern Utah. So... That doesn't mean he can't I, I do switch. I struggle because Nano CBD, who we still don't know if it's Chris Nano or not, but uh, it's not. It's, it's brought not up, uh, gets not paying a Rob was the right move, which true he kind of is probably just washed. Uh, who Donald? I don't. I don't think. What? Aaron Donald? No, Robinson. Oh, a Rod. He put a Rod. A Robinson. A Rod is also okay. not Aaron Donald, Kevin. Yeah, I don't. Okay, you're right. Anyway, I don't know why. Like, I put that together. I, the Rams did mortgage everything. Oh, I don't think funny. they're finished. Like they they might be uh, bad. If everybody gets hurt again, they might be bad. But they still have one of the best defensive players in the league, arguably the best receiver in the league, a still even old but still above average quarterback. Like they and and one of the best. Are you talking about uh, Stafford might retire, but the if biggest, he doesn't. If he Sean McVay's gonna walk away regardless, I right. think. Right, but I mean, like, if you get the right coach, you're like that. That that I mean, if you have the right players, the coach is like, you just gotta find the right guy. Like Kingsbury, <laughs> I don't fucking know. But anyway, like the Rams have like top level talent still. They might not be finished. I I think they probably are, but like they have enough top level talent where they could still be like a playoff team. Sure, but you yeah. understand the point, right? Like yes. they're they're doing this they're doing this the Chiefs way they're doing this the right way they're not spending a shit ton of money on a bunch sure. of guys they're spending money on the right players they're building through the draft and, and and hey where did Brian Poles come from Kansas City Chiefs now Justin Fields probably will never be Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is going to be the greatest quarterback to ever play the game and that's when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply significant yeah it's significant aspect to that but still it's it's the philosophy um so that's uh they're doing it the right way do you want to do grades for the last 10 minutes I think, here i think we should save grades for next week okay because i i want to dig into because i want to do everyone i want to do polls eberflus all like most of the players i i want to really get into that and i want us to like really take time for that so Let's do everyone's favorite. Let's do some stadium talk to wrap it up. Oh, here we so. go. Um, Kevin, you've been team keep them in the city the entire time. Like that, you've been banging the drum for that. I agree. The optimal way is to keep them in the city. Um, I, I mean, I'm not opposed to Arlington Heights if it's cool and if you make it a whole big experience. But if they go through with what the city proposed and the renderings we saw today, that's sick. Like I was watching that video. I was impressed. I was like, this is really cool. This is really, really cool. Like that 
what the what this rendering showed today, and obviously it's not going to be exactly you know one to one for that, but I mean that's on par with Allegiant, with SoFi, with you know U.S. Na- Bank, you know U.S. Bank with uh, the where the Atlanta. Uh, is it still Mercedes Benz? Yeah, called something else now. Mercedes Benz, um, but it's on par with some of those best fields that are awesome. And somebody else, so like, then you're in contention for a Big Ten title game as well, like, because their deal with Lucas Oil is up in 2024 after this oh, next is Big it? Ten title game. So then that puts you in contention for that for a Super Bowl. If they go with that, with what you saw today, and if you haven't seen it, go on Twitter. <laughs> you'll find it pretty fast. It was really, really cool. Yeah, really. it was really cool. And it was like that Corey was a, shipped out a lot of Modelo for that. Yeah, that, that, that was a pretty incredible video. Here's okay. Here's what it comes down to, right? I don't know who sees that, and in a perfect world would choose that over Arlington Heights. What re? If both were built, what reason would you have to choose Arlington Heights? Being in the city is more optimal for everyone. Okay. Sure. I know a lot of you people listening to this live in the northern suburbs. Guess what? There's people from Englewood who who like to go to Bears games. There's people from Hyde Park who like to go to Bears Everywhere. games. There's people from the South Park in the South Suburbs. Do you know how long it's going to take those people to get to Arlington Heights? It will take them two and a half hours at least to get there through traffic, right? And Soldier Field is a central location. It's in the city. There's something special about being in the city and being in that atmosphere. And a lot again, people, there's a lot of people who agree with that, but they're like, well. You're not going to have a world-class stadium. What we saw today in that rendering is a world-class stadium. I don't know how you say no to that. Here's the only issue, right? This is the only reason, in my opinion, because I heard someone on Twitter today say, well, the Bears want to own their own stadium so they can make more money and all that. They're going to get a lot of the money if the Bears host Super Bowl, if they host, I don't, I'm not a financial you know, advisor. I'm not going to break that down for you. But at the really? same time, I get the Bears vibe. are a five, bi- they're, they're the fifth most valuable franchise in the NFL, right? You don't need more money to achieve the things that you want to achieve financially. At that point, it's just greed. You don't need the money. I mean, I'm, they want the money, but you're not the 12th most valuable franchise in the NFL looking to be the most fifth valuable franchise in the NFL because you're getting a new stadium. You're already a top five valued franchise in the NFL. So that's not the issue. The issue is that proposal probably wouldn't take that long, but it would take a year. And that would mean you're spending one year in a place you don't want to be right as the window is opening for Fans to be the highest demand to get tickets. The Bears are going to be a very good team for the next couple of years with a superstar quarterback that everyone wants to see. No one wants to go to Champaign to watch these guys play for a year, even if it does mean the creation of that whoa, stadium in that hey, video. Whoa, it's it has hey, nothing to do hey, with Champagne. Hey, it has nothing hey, to do with Champagne. Hey, now, if they went to Ohio easy. Stadium, that's different. You know, hey, you know, old school, yeah, hundred thousand fans. I know, I'm just kidding, but. I mean, seriously, what's the alternative if they were to build that? That's my only worry because, trust me, I want this to happen more than anyone. But what do they do if it takes a year and they have to spend another year somewhere else? Right when Justin Fields is going to be a potential MVP candidate, right when your team is going to be contending for the playoffs, have meaningful games to play in December, ticket prices are going to go up. You know, that's my only worry. Unless they take the approach. Here's what they could do, all right? One off, I don't know if it's possible from a construction standpoint. In one off season, you build the outskirts of it, right? 
And another offseason, you build the dome over it. And you do it year by year, but you build different things by year. So you say, hey, this off, like next offseason, we are just going to build a sportsbook around it. We're going to build all the sure. stuff you saw in the video around it. And then the bigger project is probably putting the dome on top of it. Next year, we're going to get all of our men together. We're going to put a dome over it. Year after that, we're going to finalize everything. In three years, you do it off-season by off-season by off-season, and you have a complete project, but you allow yourselves to stay in the stadium. I just think it's worth considering. I don't think that they should rule this out. That's my that's my point. I don't think that they should be dead set on Arlington Heights. That video was really impressive. It has everything you want. It should be in consideration. Yeah, I think it should. I don't hate your idea of doing it like piece by piece and you like you do the vitals and like make sure you can yeah. still play games there. Um or you do try to do everything at once over a summer or something and you play the preseason games in like Champagne or something. You think it's possible to do all that in one summer? I mean, I don't know. Definitely not. knowing knowing Chicago construction, no, not at yeah, all. Yeah, but you would hire, you know, third-party contractors sure. and stuff um, probably. Yeah. But who knows? Um no, I mean, it was really impressive. If if they go with that, I think everyone would be really happy. I think even, like, at their core, everyone would like that, too. Because, I mean, that like then you expand that whole area and, like, the, the parks and the museums and everything. So amazing. that would be really cool. I, I think that would be really awesome. It looked really good. It was really impressive. I agree. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's, it's, a, good, it's a good response. It's a good response by the city uh, to be like, all right, fine. You know what? Screw it. Here's everything you want. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I think it's interesting. We'll see what happens. It's worth talking about. <laughs> With a little hey, stadium I mean, talk. Yeah, I mean, we got seven good minutes out of it, and that was talking yeah. stadium. Um, all right. Well, this has been... Oh, i got to clear my throat. <clears throat> boy. This has been Bears Nation Podcast. This has been the end of the regular season recaps. I mean, it wasn't really a recap because we didn't talk about the game at all, but nobody wants to talk about that game anyway. But we will continue doing episodes. We will be back probably next week. Yeah, we'll do we'll do grades next week. We'll do season-ending grades next week. So we will be back next week. Do season-ending grades. Give out our the flowers. Give out the awards. Give out the grades. Talk about how everyone did. So join us for that. We'll be here. Bears Nation podcast, same place. And follow us at Bears Nation Pod Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Follow me at Jake underscore Haas two. Follow Kevin at kevcharles112. We will be back next week. Stick, not stick around. Go into your night. Go enjoy the college football game. But come back next week to yell at us about giving out the wrong grades and the wrong awards and the wrong superlatives for the offseason and season that was. Number one overall pick. And as always, bear down.